anytime you can talk about Chris Farley is a good day, man. Hey everybody, Casey Canton here for Boom Howdy. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Kevin Farley's joining us, uh, brother of the late and great comedian Chris Farley. And he's joining us today. It's kind of bittersweet to me, and I'm, of course it is for him, but uh, he's actually joining us to promote the new documentary about his brother Chris, I Am Chris Farley. It's going to be debuting on Spike on August 10th, so check your local listings for when it'll actually be on, but August 10th on Spike, set your DVRs, and I was so pleased to be able to have the opportunity to sit down with Kevin and kind of reflect on Chris's life a little bit, talk about the documentary, and you know, we get to listen to some of his peers that talk about his time at SNL, and for me, it was something as a child that, or at least in high school, I'd always get ready to watch Saturday Night Live. There was a lot of great uh, featured players back when I was younger, and Chris was one of them that always made my Saturdays better, so let's go ahead and listen to the interview with Kevin. I didn't want my first question to seem super long-winded, but I kind of felt like it was warranted, so um, Jay Moore in the trailer for I Am Chris Farley mentions that anytime you get to talk about Chris Farley, it's a good day, which I think most people would agree on that, right? Um, But I remember personally when I heard Chris's passing, I was in high school. It was very heavy heart, uh, just as a fan, knowing that what could have been. All we really got from him was his classic sketches from SNL and a few of those really early films with, with David Spade that are classics, let's be honest. But you kind of feel that loss with any entertainer that gives you joy like Chris did and kind of makes you laugh. And I think in some ways fans feel like they know the entertainer a little more than they do. You know, they've never met him, but they have a connection with him. So I think that's great that Chris is finally getting kind of this documentary that's told by his peers. And I didn't know if you could tell our audience uh, what they could expect with the new documentary. Well, I think the documentary really does kind of get Chris right. I'm very proud of this film. And it starts off with, you know, growing up in Madison and, and being a part of our family, he was always, you know, on. He was always the entertainer. And also then moving on into Second City and, and Saturday Night Live and then the movies. And we're very proud to get that that we had, which was Lauren Michaels, uh, David Spade, Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, Dan Aykroyd, Christina Applegate, Bo Derek. Really, really great. And also some people that were growing up with Chris and friends. We have a really good cast, and I think all of these people are really kind of nail who Chris was. I mean, the, the documentary does kind of get it right. So if you ever had any questions about Chris was, you can watch this film to get a pretty good idea of what's like. Yeah, I think, I mean, even the trailer, just for people that just watch the trailer, um, you get a really good sense of that. Just the thing that I brought up about Jay Moore, for instance, is kind of a nice little snippet. But um, I was just curious, you, you know, we have so many people in it that are kind of great people to help tell that story. Was there anything during the documentary that maybe kind of perked your ears up that you hadn't heard yet from someone that that was an interesting tidbit or story that you just didn't know about, about your brother? Well, yeah, I think Mike Myers told a lot of great stories I'd never heard before. Like this, there's antics backstage, Saturday Night Live, you know. I uh, I never heard some of those, and that was kind of neat to hear. 
Uh, and, you know, just, I think, the basic colleagues, you know, Dan Anchor and everyone else, tell us stories about Chris that uh, I'd never heard before. Yeah, I was going to say, as, as your brother, you know, you got to see Chris's antics, like, all the time. So it's probably pretty interesting to hear some of those stories that, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, you know, you know everything. You know, you've heard it all. But, you know, you're not always around when those things are going on. You're not present necessarily at SNL backstage. So I'm sure that's probably pretty interesting. Did, did Chris ever tell you, you know, a specific person that he liked doing sketches with the most in his days at SNL? You know what? He was one of those guys that always appreciated uh, everybody else's talent. So he really worked. I think he really liked to work with everybody that he thought was was good, you know, and that he clicked with. But I think he he could work with almost anybody, you know. And he always he always uh, gave a hundred percent in everything that every sketch that he did. So there wasn't anybody really, you know, uh, that he preferred. I just think that. He liked being on the show, and he liked everybody on the show. So, and, so I mean, he was just very glad to be there. Yeah, I mean, he just seemed—he seemed like a really infectious personality. Like, you know, I mean, let's be honest. There's some skits in general on SNL that occasionally will crash and burn, but I feel like anytime he was in one of those sketches, you were always in for kind of a top-notch sketch. Like, he'd almost figure out a way to pull out something that may have not have been the greatest sketch, but he was put in and, and he'd be able to pull it out. So I, it's one of the things I kind of loved about seeing Chris in, in sketches on there. And I mean, even in his films, he was always somebody that could make the best of a bad situation, I guess you could say. Well, yeah. And I think when you're doing Saturday Night Live, you're writing sketches, uh, you know, obviously some of them, not all of them are going to be winners. Yeah, you know, for I, sure. do it anyway I mean it's kind of a grueling process to have to go through week after week uh, to just be funny kind of all, all the time which you know kind of what the, the documentary deals about is kind of having to deal with that pressure to be funny or you know to have that success so quick um, happen and, and to have to deal with that and I don't think a lot of people realize the pressure that puts on people right I, I think <laughs> yeah. You know, and <laughs> I think that's, that's like uh, comedy, you know. You don't want to see, you don't want to go behind the butcher shop and see how they got the steak in the front. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's just plain old hard, grueling work. And in writing, it's very difficult, you know. But when you have a guy like Chris, that's in the scene and performing it, you know 
at least you're going to get some kind of laugh out of him because he finds a way to make fun. Yeah, I would think you you would be it'd be a writer's dream to know you'd have Chris in on that on that sketch in those days, but I, yeah, and I think that's the way it was on SNL. It, it, a lot of the writers like if I put Farley in the background, he said something, I'll get a laugh there. <laughs> right. The other laughs, I'm not sure. Yeah, the other laughs, I'm not sure are going to be there, but I know I'll get one. Now, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. I, mean, I guess we may have sort of covered it, but it, what was the funniest thing you ever saw Chris do, whether it was a sketch or maybe even just a moment growing up with each other? Is there anything like that that you could share with us? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, we, uh, it was Mother's Day, and my brother and I were, um, were in New York to see Saturday Night Live, and we went out and got my mom a brooch for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, like a beetle. You know, it was like a beetle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we put it in Chris's dressing room, and then we went off and did our thing and sat in the audience. But we didn't see Chris until the end of the show when everybody comes out and gives their wave goodbye. Uh-huh. And he comes out on that, and we're sitting in the audience, and he's wearing the brooch. <laughs> and he looks at my brother John and I and he says hey you guys thanks for the brooch appreciate it <laughs> and John and I look at each other and we go he's wearing mom's brooch and then we just we just let him wear it <laughs> and he just acted you know just passed it off like nothing yeah. he didn't know any different yeah <laughs> yeah yeah now he wore the beetle he wore the beetle brooch a lot <laughs> I don't, I don't remember, I just, you know, there's so many things he's been in, I was going to say, I don't remember ever, I guess we wouldn't have known anyway if he was wearing it, what the story was behind it, other than the fact that it's like, oh, what is Farley wearing the brooch for? But now, I would say that kind of makes me want to go back now and see if I can find the clip of that, knowing... Yeah, I don't know, you have to find it, I don't know. <laughs> it also seems like something that he would just probably do on a regular basis to screw with his other castmates, just... Doing random yeah, Easter egg, Easter egg type things. Um, I was going to say, what is it? I mean, we kind of talked about Chris being infectious and that kind of thing, but what is it about like Chris and of course John Belushi? Unfortunately, passed away at thirty-three, and you know John Candy was a legend, and we have kind of these comedy legends that reach that status. They all have very different styles. Um, what do you think kind of set Chris apart from those guys? Or, you know, what was his unique thing outside of um, being a very physical actor? Was that kind of what nailed it for him to set him apart from John and and, and John Candy? Because I kind of think of those guys when I think of Chris. Yeah, I think Chris was more like John Candy than he was like Bush. Yeah. I think that uh, he had the vulnerability of a John Candy. Uh... And but he had the physicality of Belushi, you know. It's so a, I mean, it was good. They had a good, yeah, he had kind of a good combination of both of those guys. I would say if someone came to Lauren Michaels and said, "Hey, I've got someone that's a combination of Belushi and Candy," he'd have to laugh in their face. But then here we, you know, we got Chris, and it seemed like that's kind of exactly what I thought of when I thought, "Well, we've lost these guys, unfortunately, too soon." But he had so much overlap 
it felt like to me personally, if of those two guys who were just, you know, for the lack of a better term, legends in comedy and, and Chris somehow uh-huh. embodied both of those somehow. <laughs> it's pretty rare. Yeah, I really think so. It's pretty rare. Like I said, the reason I think about Henry is I honestly, even though he was my brother, I honestly think that he was one unique person that ever went uh, through comedy. I mean, I, I really think he was, he stands alone in a lot of, Lot of and uh, all the Farley brothers at some point have been in show business, right? I mean, you, of course, had a track record and uh, your other brother did yeah. as well. I just didn't know. Was there ever a project that you guys all kind of had talked about at one point that you all wanted to work together, just never had the chance to? Was it, you know, some dream gig that you guys wanted to do together growing up even? Well, I think, uh, I think at the time, Chris was getting a lot of offers I think he wanted to you know how far he could go so we didn't have anything in the works you know I was just trying to get out of sitcom and that kind of thing and I'm still trying to get out of sitcom but uh, <laughs> yeah well that's and, not easy you know, I think he was, no that's not easy at all no so I'm just trying to uh, you know find you know my, my thing and, and at the time Chris was really big offer. Yeah, I mean... To start his own film. We didn't have anything in the plan. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of right on the brink of him blowing up, him, you know, getting through the two movies with Spade, and, I mean, they're shown to this day all the time. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate we never got to that point. And like I said, this documentary kind of hope keep the keep the legend alive i don't think he needs it but it's it's nice to hear from his peers um now i know that chris trained in uh, second city oh sorry go ahead yeah i i think there's a lot of generation you know chris has gone 18 years and the younger generation you know they i think we owe it to them to show just how unique chris was so yeah i, I know mean, there's a lot of fans out there still but i think there's a lot of younger people that Maybe not know exactly who Chris was. Yeah, I mean, I've got a you know I've got a brother-in-law who is 18 right now, and I showed him uh, a few of his sketches just the other day. And of course, he knew him from you know some of the movies that have been run, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, that have been run on TV. But I'm like, yeah, but it, it's kind of funny when a younger generation might see someone in a movie. Uh, and then they were actually in movies or sketches 10 years before that. And they're like, oh, that's the guy from... Uh, I, I don't know, it'd be a more recent movie reference. I'm like, well, you know, though, that that's not what he's from. He actually yeah. has been around for 10 years. And he's not from yeah, that yeah, yeah. random sitcom that you saw on TV, you know, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I, yeah, so, I'll, you know, I'll show him, like, skits, and he's like, oh, he used to be on SNL? And I'm like, yeah, he used to be on SNL. And I, I sometimes I just don't think people put two and two together with, with something like that. They always think, oh, he's just from Tommy Boy or Black Sheep. Yeah. And it's like, no, he did... A lot more stuff, even before oh. SNL. So, <laughs> I mean, I was getting a lot of people like and younger people that didn't know who Chris was. So, I think I wanted to make this for them. Yeah. Now, I know Chris. You know, we brought up that he trained at Second City. Uh, what background did you come come from? I was just curious. I wasn't sure. Well, I came from Second City and probably back the same day. Okay. Uh, see, I didn't know that. That's... But I. I started doing stand-up about four or five years ago. Okay. So I've been doing stand-up now for about four or five years. Yeah. 
Well, hey, man, I really appreciate the time uh, talking about, you know, your brother. And I hope I really hope everyone sees this. It's I am Chris Farley uh, and some really interesting stories in there. So uh, check it out. Um, do you have anything that you want to try and plug? Do you have any more like stand updates coming up or? I got a stand up day in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort, Fort Wayne. Is that where's that at? Which comedy club is that? <laughs> well, there's what there's probably there's probably a couple in Fort Wayne, I would guess, maybe Funny Bone or Improv. But you can go to Kevin Farley Official. Hey, that's the best way. Just go to KevinFarleyOfficial.com, find out about that. All right, man, I really appreciate the time. Hope everyone likes the documentary, and uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Tim. All right, have a great day. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> And thanks once again to Kevin Farley, uh, taking the time out to talk a little bit about his brother's new documentary, I Am Chris Farley, as you probably heard at the beginning. And during the interview, you can check it out on Spike on August 10th. Casey Canton on the Boom Howdy Network. Please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening. Of course I understand what no means. But if I took no for an answer, I'd probably wind up on a street corner selling spicy hot dogs and wearing a funny hat, right? It makes sense, doesn't it? Look, I've been doing business with Callahan since I hung out my shingle. But I don't like you. Probably never will. You're a smug, unhappy little man, and you treat people like they were idiots. <laughs> um, Mr. Brady, you and my dad go way back. Son, I was sorry to hear about your dad. I was. But uh, before I decide to keep my business with your place, I'd have to come by and have a look at your new operation. Hey, I tell you what. You can take a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there, but wouldn't you rather take his word for it? <laughs> what? I'm uh, failing to make the connection here, son. No, I mean, you can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then, no, it's got to be your bull. Wow. Here's the deal. If I want you... You have derailed. Shut up, Richard. Boy, I'm really at a loss for words here. Forget it, I quit. I can't do this anymore, man. My head's about to explode. My whole life sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. My dad just died. We just killed Bambi. I'm out here getting my ass kicked, and every time I drive down the road, I want to jerk the wheel into a goddamn bridge in Buntman. Hold me in touch.